Welcome back to the flip side. Galen Clavio here along with Brian Moritz. Brian, um, it's it's been an exhausting week here. I normally have I try to make some lame attempt at something witty to say at the beginning of the podcast, and I don't have anything. Uh, I will I will suffice it to say that I spent ten minutes today chasing around my puppy who had taken the egg shaker that my daughter had been given as a first birthday present, uh, which was both infuriating and hilarious at the same time because every time the puppy would would. You know, start to gallop a little bit faster. Right. The, the egg shaker would start going <laughs> a little bit faster. It, it, so it was one of those things where I really didn't make that much of an attempt to catch uh, Nelson with things, and that's that's pretty much how the whole week has gone for me at this point. Uh, it, 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 so so summer's going well. It sounds like in, in the new house with the new puppy. And yeah, was, you know, actually, yeah. it's it's been good. It's 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 really fun and uh the puppy likes the house and the house so far likes us and and so those are all positives and it's great actually because there's a there's a small group of utes that that uh bike around the uh the neighborhood my my wife calls them the baby biker gang and uh, (laughs) i think the oldest one can't be much older than nine i would say but Um, you know, they've, they've learned both of the dog's names now. And, okay. and when, when I take Nelson out for his nightly walk, uh, I hear these little, little boy screams like, it's Nelson. It's not, and they all say, <laughs> run across the street. Nelson's kind of become like the Miley Cyrus of dogs in the neighborhood, which is, um, yeah. Yeah. So, I, so are you standing out there like arms folded, like doing the, doing the ICU look, stay <laughs> off my lawn kids? No, no, no. You know what? I'm, okay. I'm, it's, uh, it's, I, I try to encourage the youth of America to be social and, and, and enjoy animals. And so I would be, uh, I, I'm not yet that old. Like I just, I'm not, I'm not in my grand Torino phase of life yet. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Well, while you've been chasing dogs and egg shakers around your house, I got back from a, a lovely long week, uh, long, longish weekend in Minneapolis. I was there for the association for education of journalism and mass communication our, our annual conference was up there, presented a paper, uh, hung out with our sport, so a lot of our sports colleagues who were also involved in some other research groups. They were there, um, saw the uh, saw c- a couple of uh, Prince-related landmarks up there, saw the, a music wall, a wall of music notes that he had a, a couple iconic pictures taken in front of, went that walk down to the First, first Avenue, the legendary club there where he played a lot. Saw Target Field and the Target Center. Realized that my wife will now be a Minnesota Twins fan because their stadium's named for Target. Um, yeah, I saw the Mary Tyler Moore statue. It was a, it was a thoroughly enjoyable enjoyable time in Minneapolis. Uh, saw the Mall of America, uh, which is hey, you've been you're a son of the Midwest. Have you been up to the Mall of America before? Believe it or not, I have not been to the Mall of America. This thing, this thing is it, it absolutely lives up to the hype because it is. Um, there is a full. It's Nickelodeon themed, and there is a full theme park in the middle of the mall. Like with like at least two roller coasters. I saw like one of the those big kind of twirly, tilty ride things that I don't go near. Um, Game like uh, skee ball type game and, and like poster winning type games around there, and that's just in the middle. There's an aquarium at one end. There's uh all these like different like massive stores and massive like experience type places. Like there's the Crayola experience, which is this massive store where you can like make your own. I don't know if you make your own crayon box and like all sorts of coloring stuff. Um, but the weirdest thing about, or like one of the weird things about being in the mall of America, like it is absolutely like you could spend a day there with a family and it's absolutely, you know, lives up to, to, to its billing but it's so weird to be walking around and like there's the big theme park and all this stuff and then you look and there's a spencer's <laughs> and it looks exactly like the spencer's in every mall you've been in yeah. and i was talking to one of my one of my friends that i was there with and like i there's gotta be you know all our listeners in minneapolis and st paul can tell us about this but um there's gotta be like another mall because that can't be your mall you know, like imagine if you need to like run out and get a pair of jeans or like something quick for a birthday present and you have to go to the Mall of America. That's no, that's got to be. seems like overkill. Although you should you should see our uh, our supermarket here. It kind of feels the yeah. same way. Really? It's like the Mall of America of supermarkets. Yeah. 
Huh. Like it's got a harp player in it and it's got like two separate deli sections oh my and God. it's a huge craft brew section. Yeah, it's 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 uh so I know the feeling Minneapolis. I'm with you. <laughs> uh, so what is what is the name of your uh of your of this grocery mecca cuz I live like 10 minutes from the flagship Wegmans. So I feel like I need to check this out and if I'm is, ever in Bloomington. This is Kroger. Oh, Kro- oh, of course, yeah. yeah. Okay. Kroger in Bloomington and I I had I at one point I forget where I saw it, uh, but I, I don't want to misquote facts, but I believe that the Kroger that we're talking about, which is the College Mall Kroger, it has like the 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 uh, the largest fish counter in the Midwest. Really, is that this Kroger and and their produce section does something like some ridiculous like two hundred thousand dollars gross revenue a day or something oh, wow. like that? Yeah, so yeah. it's. It's a uh, it's a sizable Kroger. I, I should ju- I should go and Facebook Live it for you in the audience, just so you yes. can kind of get a sense of of how immense this place is. That, uh, that interesting thing about the Mall of America. Do, do you know where the Mall of America, like the grounds that it stands on? You know the, that. The, yeah, it's the um, old Twin Stadium. The name of which is escaping me at this point. Uh, it's the the Metropolitan, Metropolitan Stadium. Yes. And there's one I didn't see it because we didn't have a ton of time to spend there, and it's freaking gigantic mall. But there, apparently, there's the one seat that they left from the stadium, and it was where Harmon Killebrew's either 500th home run or his longest home run where it hit. And it was that's longest. the longest. It was a 500 520 foot home run, Ooh, very which nice. is sizable. That, you that, know. That's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, that's great. I, it's, I, I've only been to to Minneapolis once, and it was for a Neil Young show back in okay. two thousand and two thousand and four. No, two thousand and three. Um, so, uh, which is a shame because I have friends that live in Minneapolis. The problem with Minneapolis, for for where we're at, it's like it feels too close to fly to, and yet right. it's a solid twelve hour drive. Yeah. I would say, and and the time of the year that you can go there without like significant weather problems is mm-hmm. like three months, I think. Right. Yes. <laughs> like that. It's like, yes. Well, that's <laughs> the, other, the, the other thing in Minneapolis is they have, I think it's called the sky, not the skyway, but like all the buildings in downtown or most of them are connected through yes. like second and third story uh, walkways. And I, and it was funny. One of the running jokes of the conference was people trying to use the, use it and getting just absolutely lost. Like within, with, within like minutes, they wound up in like a bank or something like that, myself included. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I, I mean, Indianapolis has some of that. Indianapolis has some, some, um, some skyway connected buildings. And actually I believe the university of Minneapolis of Minnesota or Minnesota university. I, I can never remember which one is university which. of Minnesota. Oh, okay. The, um, they they actually most of their buildings are connected by tunnels. But, oh yeah. But but keep in mind, this is also a place where in the winter you have to plug your car in at night in order to keep right. it from freezing. Yes, so and, that's, I, and those are gas cars too, not regular right, cars. Not right. like not like you know Chevy Volts, like a regular car. Oh yeah, yes. I I completely understand it. You know, it's kind of like the the one I would go up to Vermont and Maine during basketball season to, when I was covering the America East. And like I know from cold and winter being a, a a western New York guy, but that's that's just that's cold at another level, and that's not even midwest cold that's atlantic cold right. so um so all right, so moving on so uh uh what is our your beer of choice for tonight uh going with a a, a standard bearer kind of the uh the the uh, the Roman legionary standard of i p a has got yeah. bells too hearted in a can tonight. oh nice yep. yeah. Yourself? I'm going with, I picked this up today. It is Tangier from uh, Southern Tier. It is a session IPA brewed with tangerine peels. Oh. Um, not really getting a ton of tangerine flavor on it, but as I've often said on this podcast, I'm a sucker for a good session IPA. And Southern Tier makes some of the best around. So this is a pretty good. That sounds intriguing. Yeah. I, uh, I, I actually I quite enjoy Bell's Too Hearted. It's, uh, but that's like kind of like saying I... I enjoy, you know, a good steak, or or right. I really I really love surf and turf. You know, it's it's <laughs> I feel inadequate, right? Simply because everybody else would. I, I don't know. Is good. Pizza, yeah, is pizza's fantastic. pizza's awesome. Chinese takeout really has flavor to you know. Yeah, no, it's God. Abby's anyway, it's a fantastic record. Spe- um, yes, right. <laughs> Speaking of food, though, yes, uh, we, we we I sent you. A message a couple of days ago, uh, which we'll start with that and then move to our our listener qu- 
questions, or I right. guess there are reader questions, because it's not like anybody listens and then asks questions. That's true. Um, our, audi- our audience participation. Right. But, uh, but you know, I, I had this question, and, and you liked the question and, and wanted to make the whole podcast food-themed, which I'm fine with. We could just mm-hmm. – we could do a whole month's worth of food-themed right. podcasts, and I would be fine. So, so let's start with this. So – uh, a, a former student of mine at Miami posted this question on his Facebook page. Joey Held is the guy's name. Um, funny guy. You should follow him if, you, if you're interested in funny people. And he asked the question, you know, what is the worst fast food place? Mm-hmm. And, you know, there were several different answers. And, you know, people kind of went back and forth on a few. Uh, I feel like I might have won the question because – the response that I gave got more likes than any other response in the whole thread. Okay. But I wanted to ask you the question first right. before we before I revealed mine, just so we could kind of uh, suss this out a little bit. Sure, it's a it's it's a fabulous question, and having been traveling and spending some time in airports uh, and around hotels this weekend, I had a lot of time to kind of think about it and, and look around at it. And it's one of those things that can be kind of kind of challenging to answer in a way that doesn't appear um doesn't seem readily doesn't doesn't seem apparent readily and that is there are still so many very regional fast food chains sure um you know you you know whether whether you're talking about you know the your in and outs your shake shacks your chick-fil-a's which are very which are regional um i don't know i'm not familiar i haven't spent a ton of time in in the Midwest, so I don't know what some of yours are, but you know, like Culver's, and uh, I mean, we have Chick Fil A here. We have uh, Five Guys here, which, yep, while that, regional yeah. to the East Coast, has, has made it all the way out here. Yeah. We don't have Shake Shack, although they have it in Chicago. They have it at the, at the Mall of America, actually. Right. Um, yeah. You know, so uh, the, there there aren't a whole lot of like purely regional fast food chain. I think Culver's is probably the closest thing right. we have to, to one like that here. Okay. So, so in, in, in thinking in thinking it over and thinking of kind of like the main ones, um, I gotta vote Burger King as the worst. Really, I do, um, which is weird because as, as I was thinking about it, because for me, a Burger King does the the basic double cheeseburger, the basic bacon double cheeseburger, like nothing fancy, just the straight one, is actually quite tasty and quite good. But I don't think Burger King does anything else well. The fries are abysmal. They have hot dogs on the menu, and I want to repeat that for anybody who may have flipped ahead. They have hot dogs on the menu. It just, um, you know, when you compare, like looking at, at kind of like the major players in here, you have your McDonald's, which is an easy whipping boy. And I, while I don't think McDonald's is good, I do think they're kind of, they're, because they're so big, they kind of get, uh, they kind of get tr- trounced on on that. You can get a actually get a healthy-ish meal at McDonald's, all things considered. Wendy's is probably for like the national, like you can get anywhere in the country without you know weird regional stuff. I think Wendy's is probably at the peak. Um, Arby's is is solid. I'm a I'm a Taco Bell sucker. So um, again, Taco I, Bell. again, I I I do feel the need to stress that I don't feel like any of these places are good, eh. but. I'm gonna vote, I, but 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 when he posts this, I'm like Burger King just has, Burger King just feels like a mess. Like you don't know what they like like in terms in, in terms of just food, but in terms of identity, like they're always just kind of like the well, we're not McDonald's. Is there is there kind of there is kind of how they, they their brand identity and kind of like their their whole thing, and it just yeah, I vote Burger King on that one. Okay, I will say. I feel like you left out the best item on the Burger King menu, uh, and and I it's, it's a shame. Okay. But the onion rings at Burger King are, I'm not are act- onion. okay. They're they're I, I, they're like the, my my huge guilty pleasure among like fast food like ancillary items. But okay. To me, I would take Burger King onion rings over McDonald's French fries, over Wendy's French fries. I mean, yeah, yeah, buddy. I'm not and joking. I, I, you should I, I, see I, the look I, of disdain just... that's come over Brian's <laughs> well, face. It's I'm, awesome. I'm a French fry guy and I'm not an onion ring guy, so I can't really yeah. in I can't think of a place where I would go onion rings over french fries in any stretch of the imagination so i would in most places i'll go onion rings over french fries if the option's there because uh there 
I've never really had a truly terrible onion ring. I mean, there's there's several different types. Burger King's got the kind of uh, almost puffy sort of of uh of of coating and you know you'll get your local places that have a very kind of tight batter right uh, that, that's that's fried kind of hard to the to the onion both both styles are good but man french fries to me you mentioned i were i agree burger king's burger king's french fries in the 80s and 90s were kind of they were just kind of there. They weren't yep. bad. They weren't great. But man, their their French fries now are really bad. But they're not the only ones. I mean, I would say McDonald's and Wendy's have good French fries. But right. almost every other French fry uh, purveyor has really bad fries. I mean, um, you know, Arby's had a, a fairly good home style French fries. So of course they took it up the menu. And now now all you can get is those awful curly fries. The curly fries, which I um, I, I like, yeah. but I tend to think are overrated. Yeah, very you, much so. You, you know, you've got Chick Fil A's got those awful waffle fries that have zero flavor to them whatsoever. I mean, See, it's they're they're really yeah. kind of an abomination. I, 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 I don't feel as strongly as that, but I I I, I end up. It's funny because I always end up eating a lot of them just because of like leftovers on the table. Right. But you don't go to Chick Fil A like Chick Fil A's all about the sandwich, and the fries just come with the meal. Right. Like, it's right. all about the sandwich. And I feel like you know why not have both? Is my now I will say, um, hard if we were doing like best fast food restaurants a stealth candidate is hardy's largely because their french fries are sneakily good i have not had a hard i've not had hardy's in a long time we don't have them around in new york so hardy's um, from a flavor perspective if you get the right stuff is actually really good but we're not here to talk about good things we're right. here to talk about bad things right and, um so okay you say burger king is the worst um okay. i so i thought about this a bit and I was actually talking with my friend Dave, who was here over the weekend, and I posed the question to him. And and without any hesitation, he picked what would have been my second choice in okay. this, which was Subway. Oh, um, okay. You know, Subway. I think they have skated on this idea. They're they're kind of like the non hamburger version of. Burger King in as much as their positioning in the marketplace is basically we're not McDonald's like we're right. not we're not fast food we're not like greasy fast food we're healthy well they're not really healthy uh, you know we're healthy but we keep pushing our foot long subs on you with all right. of these dressings that you know make it like a right. 900 calorie thing right. um, the 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 food and and you know you go to a subway and most of their subs really they either all taste the same and and the same ends up not being good mm. or or they they're just so bread dominated that they don't have much flavor to them to begin with. Um, they're just limp to a large mm-hmm. degree. I mean, there's other sub places in the yes. fast food chain that that far outpace them. So, right. um, you know, certainly just in terms of straight up quality, and also in terms of their relative quality to the amount of press that they get, right? Uh, they're 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 among the worst in the country. They they're right. they're they're easily my number two. But my number okay. one on this. Um, and I don't know if this is just a regional thing because I, I don't know how far this com- this company extends, but I've never had a good experience, and frankly, I, even the sight of the place just puts me off any sort of appetite whatsoever. Okay. It's Long John Silver's. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Now, right. like, we, like, there's fast food in a lot of different categories. You know, you got fast hamburgers. You've got you got fast desserts. You got fast like Mexican style food. You've got fast noodles. You've got sandwich places. There aren't that many fast seafood places, and I think there's a reason why. <laughs> and Long John Silver's really encapsulates that to a large okay. degree. Like I. You, you, it's hard to trust the fish. It's right. the, everything tastes the same because it's all fried in the, in the exact, same fryer. In the right. same fryer. So right. there's like there's a, there's a kind of a uniform acidity and and kind of cornmealish blandness to everything. Mm-hmm. They, I remember a few years ago, like they had this big thing where they were introducing lobster to their their menu, and it, what it was was langostino lobster, which you know we've all heard of. Lo- well, maybe we haven't, but many of you in the culinary world have have, have heard of lobsters referred to as the cockroaches of the sea, okay. uh, which is true. I mean, they're basically just big bugs that live in the sea. Langostino lobsters are so off brand that they're not even lobsters. Basically, they're like a separate offshoot thing. That was their big innovation. Um, it just it, the, and the flavor of almost anything that you get from Long John Silver's is just it's just so off-putting. And 
I don't know. Maybe it was a couple bad experiences I had as a kid, but um, I would, I would, I would actually choose to eat at Subway before I chose to eat at Long John Silver's, which I, I don't think I've eaten at a Subway voluntarily in like five years now. Yeah. Okay. I lot. Wow. Lots to unpack here. Um. I. Uh, we we went through a big Subway phase for a while, and then I don't know their their quality actually seemed to go down, which I know for you and your friend is you know going down from from the bottom. Um, you know, there it, it is it is nice to have that. You know, yes, they they push their footlong subs, they push a lot of their non healthy subs, but if you are looking for hey, I'd like a turkey on wheat in an airport. Well, Subway maybe is not a horrible option, and you can kind of make it work. It's not ideal, but it's nothing I seek out. But okay, it's it's there. And um, but Long John Silver, I have not had Long John Silver. Oh my goodness, in so so long. Um, so you know, aside from the fact that you're hating on the Hush Puppies, which means you're hating on America. Um, <laughs> I love Hush Puppies. I just don't love them from well, there. Well, I so I so I had a buddy of mine who used to we, we worked together in the newspaper in Binghamton, and uh, he worked at Long John Silver's uh, back. I think when he was in he must have been when he was in high school. My wife has told me the story that he would he would work, and people would come in, and this is emblematic of both Long John Silver's food and I think America in, in the long part. Do you remember when you would get hush puppies or Long John Silver's and you get the little like crumbly, like broken off, like little fried stuff at the bottom of the yes. bottom of the of the thing? People would come in and request a th- a container of that, which is basically just yeah. fried stuff. It's not even food; like it's literally just fried breading, and not even the breading. It's just like it's just fried. It's all right. it is. People would come and request that. So. um but yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I haven't had Long John Silver in so long that you know I kind of have fond memories of it growing up. But um, but it was the eighties, and we ate awful food in the eighties. So I we, can't. it was it was just very institutionalized back yeah. then. Absolutely, you know, and it, it makes me wonder. I mean, we're so health conscious now, and yet most of the people who lived during that time period where we ate all this supposedly horrible food are still going pretty strong. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's not like we're we're not seeing huge mortality rates from from like people that that uh, came of age in that era, right? But, so, uh, so do you? So I know we were talking negatives. Do you have a favorite? Well, this is where I get I, I have trouble figuring out what my favorite is because it's like do do we count things like like In and Out? I guess right. In and Out does count, but like Five Guys or or Shake Shack. I almost right. feel like the act of ordering the food and then going and sitting down and waiting like the extra five minutes for them to make it almost right. doesn't put it in the class in, in the classification of fast food anymore right it, it, it's kind of when you get into like the 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 chipotle mo's era of like 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 fast casual i think is like the uh right ink.com for uh line of it but like that that idea of um, you know, it's not, it's not sit down, but it's not fast food. It's a little better. And yeah, yeah I don't know how to, I don't know how to, I, I, I guess that, I guess I wouldn't count. Yeah, I guess I wouldn't count those because there's something to the, to the element of order, get the food or sit in a drive in and get it, um, you know, kind of made to be eaten on the go. Like even five guys is not made to be eaten. Like you don't get it. And then eat and then eat it in the car while you're driving you tend to kind of sit with that and five guys is fantastic i'm a huge huge five guys i I love five guys hamburgers but again they're fries not that good Um, i disagree with you we're gonna we're gonna disagree on that one so that's fine that's that's why we podcast i will say this um my I, i rarely go and eat fast food these days but uh normally it's when i'm driving uh, long distances, and 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 I would say that my wife and I both agree on this: that our pecking order for places to stop if we're driving mm-hmm. is Arby's at number one, yep. followed by Taco Bell at number two, okay. followed by Wendy's at number three. Yeah, and well, and that yeah. that's I would say that those three right now would be the top three for me. I think Arby's. I normally just get the medium roast beef sandwich because uh, that's that's which, like is a, per- which is a delight. Yeah, which is great, and 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 you know you, you put the horsey sauce on it, and you put some Arby's sauce on it, and it's you know, no 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 complaints. Arby's also very good onion rings, by the way. All right. um, but if I don't feel like the the medium roast beef, they got a bunch of other options that are all fairly good. I mean, you yeah. know, they, they they I mean they're not 
deli style or deli quality, but right. uh, but you know some of their their stuff's pretty good. Taco Bell, I don't think anybody, even stoners and and you know morbidly obese people, know that they're not doing themselves any dietary favors <laughs> when they go to Taco Bell. But right. but Taco Bell is like one of the few places left in American society where you can go in with zero pretensions. Like yes. you know you're going in and you know you're getting food that you probably should have avoided. And you're not avoiding it, and right. you are taking pride in that. And damn it, you're going to get that seven layer burrito oh, and yeah. that order of uh, I don't know. What do you normally? What's your what's your go to order at Taco Bell? At Taco Bell, it, it tends to change a lot. So I, I'm a, I, I some a lot of times I end up going with like the quesadilla combo meal, which is a quesadilla, uh, usually a soft shell taco and then cherry Pepsi. Right. I have gotten – I've one of the great developments in fast food, and I say great, I mean horrifying for America, but great, is like the, the super – like not the value menu, but like like the Wendy's has the four for four bucks, which right. is I believe like a junior bacon cheeseburger, medium fries, a four-piece nuggets, and a, and a Coke. That is a ton of food. For $4, that is, that is great. Taco Bell has like a $5 food box. Which I think is like a seven-layer burrito, a crunch wrap, a taco, nachos, and a, it, it's an obscene, obscene amount of food uh, for five for for uh, an incredibly low amount of money. But yeah, you know, yes, when you go to I, I I have eaten the healthy stuff at Taco Bell, like the 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 what's it called, the fresco menu, the fresco menu, and yeah. which is actually again, if you're if you're trying to be health conscious, it works really well. But yes, when you go into Taco Bell, there's something like. I always, I still laugh at a lot of people who get the the burrito bowl at Chipotle. I'm like, we know what we're all, we all know what we're doing here. Okay, <laughs> Let, let's 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 let's. <laughs> Especially like if they ever have bowls at Taco Bell, you'll know something has gone awry. Because yeah, you go to Taco Bell, you're getting that seven layer burrito. You're getting you're getting the nachos with the with the fake cheese dip. Oh, it's 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 lovely. It is. So I think. I think if you, I think Arby's, Arby's is definitely would be our number one too. Wendy's is high on the list. Arby's has fabulous kid kids meals too, like very good. And right. I don't even think they offer fries as an option. Um, we tend to, you know, McDonald's would probably be our three. And again, it's you know just you know somewhat comfort food, but again, it's that standard. All right, this is not going to be wonderful, but if you do it right, it's not going to be a tragedy. Which right. a lot of times when you're stopping on the road is the best you can offer. When we get south of, let's say, when we get into southern Pennsylvania, it's unless it's a Sunday, it's Chick Fil A wherever we stop. Um, I feel but, like I'm always driving on Sunday, yes. which eliminates Chick Fil A from the option. And I will say this: um, if my wife was driving by herself, Wendy's would be replaced by Rallies. Okay. And if I'm driving by myself, Wendy's is replaced by Hardee's. Okay. So Wendy's is kind of like you know the it's the border state of those two. <laughs> I feel All like, right. and, and that's fair, and that's a and, and that's a good place for it. Yeah. Um. So so we have a lot of listener. Uh, yeah, and I feel like maybe we should use the Taco Bell conversation as a jumping off point for a Go couple for of these comments. So, All right. So, um, so there was a question from Sam Beisheisen uh, on my Facebook page, and he asked the following. Um, he wanted to know, um, are nachos an acceptable meal by themselves? And I, and I asked him to clarify this. Right. Um, and he said, you know, he goes to like a, a local establishment, and they list nachos as an appetizer. And he says, I don't believe in that. My nachos topped with beef, beans, and cheese uh, always. Other veggies, depending on my mood, aren't meant to be shared. I want that to be for myself as my dinner or lunch. Okay. I, so, I, I'll allow it as, as, as a meal. Absolutely. Um, you know, no pretension. We're, 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 this is a judgment-free zone. There's no pretension here. And... Um, yeah, absolutely. Especially when you're when you're when you kind of have the layers. If it's just like the ballpark cheese and nachos, then that's that's not. But if, but if you're incorporating other food groups, you know, definitely if you're bringing in a source of protein and some sort of vegetable in air quotes, I think then I think you're 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 getting to a point because basically, like when I was in uh, Minneapolis this weekend, we uh, buddy of mine, my buddy of mine and I went out for you know brunch in air quotes. We went to a bar. Or were they, they they had brunch, but we didn't brunch. We were sitting at the bar, and and I had huevos rancheros. And basically, let's be honest, huevos rancheros are nachos just with eggs instead of tortilla chips. So, right. um, so yeah, I'm voting absolutely nachos as a full meal. And in fact, I will go. Any appetizer can be a suitable meal. 
Ooh. Almost, a, almost a, a, I don't, a lot of advertisers can be can be suitable males. I maybe. I guess it depends on your feelings on the individual. I guess I guess they could be. Like I would, I would hate to have to eat a meal of nothing but mini corn dogs. Okay. Uh, yes. Yeah, but, that's, well, it's, I find it funny. I, I I should clarify my remarks. Like no, like the mini corn dogs and the cheese sticks and those things. Those are those are. The, I I don't know if those are count as meals, but like I will see a lot of times on on for appetizers. And now you go to a trendy place and they're small plates. But like then they'll have like like tacos, like three yes. tacos sort of thing. Like no, that is an absolutely acceptable meal and probably yeah, better to get than a. I mean, who I gets guess tacos before Marie? That's what I want to know. Who gets three tacos and then says, you know what? I need dinner on top of this. Yeah, that, Unless that's you're sharing the table. But I, I just had the, the three taco appetizer as, as lunch like last week. I wouldn't have ever thought to have gotten that and then something else. And then um, more, right? I, now, here's the question. Um, that, oh, I just blanked on the question. <laughs> well, that's embarrassing. Um, no, um, the, 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 uh, you say that you know it's like okay, these things. I'm I'm not going to get it back. Never mind. I was going to try okay. to talk myself back into it. Maybe it'll gotcha. come to me again at some point here. But I All agree right. with I agree with your answer on this. Oh, I remembered what it was. Are wings a meal unto themselves? Absolutely. With nothing else. Absolutely. So isn't that interesting? That like basically just a plate of fried meat with with maybe a piece of celery next to it. That's a meal. Of course. What do you remember? Where I'm from? No, I know. I know. <laughs> I get that. I get. How, oh, do you, yeah. Do you, do you feel like the majority of America would agree? Because I feel like I feel like in terms of the appetizer thing. But yeah, mozzarella sticks by themselves are not a meal. Fried corn dogs not a meal. I feel like most people would look at wings and say that's not a meal by itself. Like it feels incomplete because there's no starch. Uh, or, or you know, nothing, nothing other than the wings going with it. I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I can see that again. You know, being a Buffalo person, there, there's, you know, that, you know, what, what I find weird is, and I, and I see this a lot, you know, around here. So, Rochester, Buffalo, Syracuse area, wings won't be listed under the appetizer. They have their own little section of the menu, and so yes, once you're on the other section, then that's. Um, that, that, then you've moved or moved away and, and are that, um, but, but again, who gets like a 10 on order of 10 wings and chicken wings and then says, you know what? I need a steak on top of that. Yeah. Thing. Like it would have to be like, if you're ordering again, and a lot of it, I think goes to, uh, what was there? Who, who issued this question? Whose question was this? Uh, we still on the nachos question. Yeah. Sam by Sam. Sam. Yeah. So it goes back to Sam's question. Like, if you're willing and, and want to share with the table, then yeah, then 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 wings can be a starter because then you get maybe ten wings and everyone has two or three and and you get rolling. But if you're ordering for yourself, no, that's a, that's absolutely a, I, 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 that that absolutely stands as a full meal. Okay, I have gotten wings and French fries at one meal. It is amazing. I'm still alive. Yeah, well, you know, I, w- I tell you, if you really want to live, get wings and onion rings. Anyway, let's move on to the next question. Uh, this one from Josh Bowles. Uh, the only food-related thing I've been able to think about all day, I'm terrified. And he posts a link okay. to the, the, the Burger King Whopperito, well, which... What is this? Okay. Uh, so I'm going to read... This is this was... This was supposedly a write-up in Time Magazine. It's it's like a press release, basically, in Time Magazine. But okay, I was gonna Google this, but I want I want theater of the mind here. I want to picture this before I look at it. The Whopperito. Okay. When it comes to fast food hybrids, Burger King may take the crown. From sauce-infused buns to chicken fries and mac and Cheetos, the burger chain has been on a roll lately with its trendy food mashups. And Incident- now, incidentally, making my case for the worst fast food. That last paragraph. And now, have you had the Mac and Cheetos, by the way? Oh, of course not. I haven't but, either, but we should do it, that for science. Are they walking you know? ta- is that like walking tacos? No, 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 no. The Mac and Cheetos. Have you, you've, you know what a walking taco is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. No, the, the, the Mac and Cheetos is, is basically a, it's a container. It's uh, basically oh, is just. It de- is it deep fried Mac and Cheese? Yes, it's, ba- it's, oh. ma- it's basically de- deep fried Mac and Cheese balls. Oh, okay. That, that okay. Dip, that, dipped that, in che- dipped in Cheetos like powder. Well, that just takes it to one step too far. Okay. 
<laughs> anyway, let me continue. Yes. Um, the now and now the Whopperito. After several months of testing, the burger, <laughs> <laughs> the burger burrito hybrid will launch nationally on August fifteenth. Um, so, what exactly is in the mysterious Whopperito? That would be spiced beef, tomatoes, onions, lettuce, pickles, and a creamy queso sauce instead of mayonnaise, all wrapped up in a flour tortilla. In other words, it's a Tex-Mex flavored Whopper sandwich served in everyone's favorite burrito form. It's uh, it's two ninety nine or four ninety nine as part of a combo meal. Uh, so I the, often uh, th- I often think that burritos are among the best types of food. This is making me rethink that position because <laughs> my okay. For one thing, this is basically McDonald's tried to pull this off a few years ago with like the the they had like a Big Mac snack wrap, right? And I don't think they have it on the menu anymore. So, well, I I, I, I okay. Here's the thing. I think okay. the problem I, the problem with the Big Mac wrap or whatever it was called was that McDonald's didn't go far enough. I I. One of the things I think we're learning now in in fast food is that people expect the spectacular as opposed to redressing what they consider to be the mundane. Okay. When you just say, hey, we're going to take this Big Mac, which frankly I think is the most overrated of all sandwiches, by the way. But, I'll um, agree with that. But, you know, I mean, it's like, oh, let's I put say- thousand, thousand Island dressing on a burger like jesus um you know but you know they're like oh we're gonna do this we're gonna put it in a burrito that'll be healthy people will eat this well nobody really wanted to eat the big mac in the first place now if you look at what hardy's does or you look at what taco bell does they when when they have something new they they go over the top with the marketing and they go over the top with the conceptualization that they try to push to people and so it's not just oh here's our sandwich in a burrito form it's like here's the whopperito you know i mean and 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 that i think creates i don't know if it's going to work but but i think that you you can't judge the failure of mcdonald's weak milk toast middle of the road marketing approach uh you, you know whether whether or not that would have actually been a successful sandwich or not I, I uh, see. I would argue that the Whopper is probably the more overrated burger than the Big Mac because the Whopper is just a burger with stuff with like lettuce and tomato on it at a fast food place. Is my understanding? Like it's not. Not. I. 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 I, I, I find myself underwhelmed by the Whopper and uh, putting it in a burrito. Why? No. Speaking of the the, the dramatic in fast food. Um, we didn't really talk about KFC at all, and like the double and like the double down, and um, yeah, because um, they were the ones that really kind of started the kind of Franken food in the in in fast food when they had the the double down a couple years ago, um, which I never ate, thankfully. I missed um, that one myself. Yeah, um, it is it is informative to keep in mind that KFC and Taco Bell are owned by the same parent company. Yes, they are. Yes, they are, and you can a lot of places you can get they're they're, they're the joint place Taco yes. Bell KFC, um, but. Oh, the Whopperito. Oh, that just does not sound good. I mean, the picture. I mean, depending on whether you're repulsed by the sight of of, of a burrito or not, which uh, I personally am not repulsed by. It doesn't look that bad. I mean, it looks it looks like someone chopped up a hamburger, tossed some lettuce and tomato and onion and cheese in a in a in a wrap, and um, right. might not be might not be that bad. Um, um, so the the headline I just found when I when I googled this is the Whopperito Burger King takes aim at Chipotle with Whopper burrito. I don't well, think I don't think that that, that I, no I don't think that's exact. I don't think Chipotle is worried about yeah, Chipotle, this. Chipotle has got its own problems, but I don't think they're worried about Burger losing business to Burger King. Yeah, that that might just be lazy journalism on the yes. part. That, that's a, that's an area of journalism we really need more like focused work in is the area of food journalism like yes people call sports journalism the toy department what the hell is food journalism right oh i'm looking at pictures of the waparito right now um you know what i'm not gonna eat this but i i have seen worse <laughs> i really think it might not be that bad i feel like i feel like you're you know it'd be better with onion rings but but i you know but it's not it it looks fairly good by itself so uh so we oh i think next week we may have to have like a like a food off where we just eat we may have to eat some of these things this week and report back on uh if we're still alive after this we we, we could have like dueling facebook lives where we each 
yeah, each go to our local Burger King and go. I don't know. I I I don't know if I want a Facebook Live at my local Burger King is the no. problem. No, and I, and no, no. Um, um, okay, let's, moving let's, forward. Moving forward. Um, okay, uh, if you're celebrating some Olympics themed uh, yes. questions here, this one from Matt Ool. If you're celebrating the Olympics at home, do you endeavor to create your own churrascaria or just give in and pay a visit to Fogo? And if you go your own route, what's your favorite cut? The picanha, the bacon-wrapped filet, the Parmesan-rubbed pork loin. Have you been to a Fogo or a Texas State Brazil? I have you not. Haven't. No, no it's, it's, I, I know the, the general conceit and am intrigued by the mountains of meat that just get served to you. Do you, um, do, do you like meat? that a trick question no 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 yes. no do, do, no okay no i i <laughs> no it's one of those it's one of those things that like i know we're, we're going to go sometime we just haven't had the occasion to go to one of them yet so you, re- you really should it's uh <laughs> it's 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 its own special thing that right. uh that is i mean i love going to the point that i don't let myself go more than like once a year okay because uh, it's just a lot of food and right. And it's kind of a it's a curious setup in that you're you know you can't take any home with you uh, like you you pay for, I think it's like forty seven dollars and it's like a flat fee but you can eat right. however much you want however much you want right there. There's a Texas Day Brazil in Rochester. I just looked this up. Yes, I, I want you to go like tonight if possible. I know it's I know we're recording this at like ten p.m. But I think right, you and just... so you were recording. It's nine forty seven p.m. right now. They closed at nine thirty, but you still want me to go. I think yes. I okay. mean, at the very least, you could camp out. Uh, you know, because I mean, they open tomorrow. At, they open tomorrow at five in your area. So, and, and, and you know, Ellie's almost six. She can take care of herself tomorrow. That's great. Um, all right, and, and and children three to five eat for five dollars. So that's good. Since my kid wants to be a vegetarian, she'll really love the a, state of Brazil. There's a huge salad bar. It's got okay. one of the biggest salad bars on the planet. Seriously, right. it's it's right. it's pretty remarkable. Anyway. Um, so I feel like I have to answer this question by myself now, if you haven't been to one before, but, uh, I would, I would just pay a visit to the local Fogo. We don't have Texas day Brazil in Indiana, but we do have a Fogo up in Indianapolis. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's just, there's so many different cuts of meat that they bring around, uh, that are just outstanding. And I always kind of lose track of, of, uh, of the ones that, that are there, like what their individual names are. But I do, okay. I will say that the, the fire roasted, uh, or the, uh, what, what the hell, the, um, the beef ancho, the, the, which is the ribeye cut okay. is, is among my favorites. Uh, the Costella, which is the beef ribs, uh, uh, those don't come around that often. And those are really outstanding. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really, really enjoy the linguica, which is the the pork sausage that they bring Ooh, around. Yeah. And and um, the but the place is remarkable. I mean, you really you really got to give it a shot. You got to pace yourself as you go along. Sure. You got to try to sample everything. And and it's kind of like it, it's interesting because it it's like a, there's meat all over the place in the in this restaurant, but there's it's also kind of based on scarcity to some degree because okay. the waiters they'll go in the back and then one by one like about every three or four minutes a couple of them will come out carrying a skewer with a particular type of meat on it and okay. you know they'll be like so one person will come out with the pork loin one will come out with the chicken and one will come out with a beef cut and so okay. you you know you're hoping they're coming they're coming by your table they'll slice you off some but then like you'll have something that you really like and then 50 minutes later you'll still be waiting for that same piece of meat to come back out again because it's gotcha. only come out once in that whole time. Gotcha. And so it's like a, a weird game of resource management where you're like, mm. well, I could have this extra thing of top sirloin or I could wait and hope that the pork ribs come out again. Um it's it, it, it you know I've, I, I've heard a lot about about these places and I, we're gonna go obviously I'm I'm signing up for the uh, received deals to get a twenty five dollar coupon off of my first uh, off of our first uh, visit nice. and um and um but yeah I mean I mean so the thinking of the research the resource management that's starting to sound like a lot of work and a whole lot of effort involved I mean I granted it's not really it's not really effort 
It's just okay. like it's just like it's like hoping, and like it, the the only effort is do I stuff myself to the point that I can't uh, enjoy the cut of meat that might be coming out next. So the so the trick so so it sounds like one of the tricks for 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 the first visit is is that pacing yourself so you don't go nuts on the first plate and then all of a sudden you're done and there's more meat coming around. Well, I think on the first trip you you have to avail yourself of the opportunities to sample as many different types as possible because okay. you'll find that some just knock you out like they're just ridiculously good okay. and others you'll be like that was okay. Yeah. Um, you know, like uh, and, and we've had like there's a a parmesan encrusted what is it? Parmesan encrusted chicken deer is that which is like it's it, yeah. She just gave the the the, okay. the so so hand gesture, right? And you know, for me, I feel the same way. And so it's like you you know, your first time, you don't know. You might think it's the greatest thing ever, and right. you know, so you want to give that a shot. For me, I see that coming around, and I'm like, yeah, right. um, <laughs> you know, and, and you know. But then if that like that makes three or four trips around, and you're like, well, maybe I should give it a try. Maybe it's not right. as bad as I remember it. So gotcha. it's it's those sorts of things on the first trip that you want to try to just try to get as much in your mouth sure. as possible. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What else we got on the uh, on the on the reader questions? Let's see. Uh, I don't have a good answer for this one. John Kaluter asks best best way to fake gyros when cooking at home. Best way to fake what? Gyros. Oh. Um, hmm. Because I mean, because yeah. like, you know, you got like the you got like the pressed lamb loaf yeah. that they cut off, which is like you don't really find that in in nature. Right, <laughs> uh, it's like turkey breast that you know that right. they that they carve at the uh, at the deli. It's like that that, that turkey breast doesn't really exist. No. Like, um, and and, so. and 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 I feel like 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 to make a good gyro is just there's so many almost specialty type ingredients that you kind of ha- it's one of those things you have to go and like you make a special shopping trip that you're going to make all this stuff. Like I think it's hard to throw them together with what you've got. At home, like a sandwich, you can throw together. You know, tacos or burritos, you can usually throw stuff together with what you normally, you know, speaking as, you know, someone who kind of shops average stuff that you have, like, lying around your, your, your fridge or your freezer. You can usually throw that stuff together. But for a gyro, it, sound, it, it feels like it's much more specialized and it's tough to kind of throw in that together. Or, you're, you know, you're just having a pita or you do the extra fold and, hey, burrito. So Well, and, and uh, so John, Pre- or like, he, his postscript on his question was that he's lazy so in okay. honor of his laziness um right. i will give him a lazy response and say i just looked this up on on google right and apparently what you do is you take lamb onion garlic marjoram rosemary salt and pepper you put it in a food processor and you basically grind it down until it's a paste okay and then and then you put it in a meatloaf pan and you bake it Okay. And then it reconstitutes as meat, basically, at that point. <laughs> and and then you carve things off. I actually might have to do this now. This this, right. this doesn't look as hard as I thought it was. So, okay. um, you a big you a big gyro fan? Not really. I'm I, I I'm not. I haven't had a lot of Greek food. A lot of kind of like Middle Eastern Mediterranean food. It's something that I need to that I know I want to you know, expand my palate a little bit and, and, and have a little, and, and have more of that. So, um, yeah, that's part of my home, my, my, my fall semester homework, we'll call it <laughs> to expand that out. So looking at some of the questions we have on Twitter from this, we have, uh, from at Jordan Burroughs. If you made a, if you made a legitimate food chain of actual foods, what food would rule the chain and why? You start. I well, great. Um, <laughs> you, so thought you'd it, get, you thought you'd get out of that by, well, by want, asking the question. What I want to know is, are we doing like the food chain, like we're as humans omnivores and at the top of the food chain, or are we making like a legitimate chain, like to wrap around tires for snow? Um, and I don't <laughs> know what kind of actual chain we're going with, because um, if we're making, you know, <coughs> excuse me. An actual, a legitimate food chain of actual foods. I think, um, I think, I think this is kind of like king of the mountain of foods. Is, is okay. how I interpreted the statement. Sure. All right, king of the mountain of actual, uh, uh, king of the mountain of food. So I had students this past semester. Um, they did it through the uh, college radio station at, at Oswego. They did a food bracket, 
Um, I forget which one won. It was, I don't know, probably like Chicken Fingers won because they're college kids. Um, but I did my own bracket and, well, they had, and, and they had the failure because they had, I think, tacos, french fries, and something else very good all in the same bracket, which is just, yeah, that's that's terrible bracketing. That doesn't, it, that's it, not bracket, the, the, you, you can't bracket food according to those procedures. No, the, the the committee really failed them on that one. So, um, if we're going king of the mountain, see, see, because this is where where we get to the what's my favorite food versus what I think is the best food, and screw it, tacos win. Ta- tacos tacos, really. tacos win that rule the chain because they can be they can be very. Uh, they can be very street food, and I mean that in the best possible way. Like very inexpensive, very throw it together. You've got food. They can be very highbrow. You can do use very fine cuts. You can get some very good ingredients. Um, they work for lunch. They work for dinner. They work as an appetizer. They work as a full meal. They work late night. I'm going tacos as the uh, as the uh, ruling the food the legitimate food chain. You that's know, a terrible answer to that question. But no, no, no. I mean, it's 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 fine. It's just it's interesting. I mean, I I don't know. I got to go with a porterhouse steak. I think that that you is can't the go wrong. You I think that's I think that's the uh, the apex predator of the food world because I, I mean it's it, the, the the porterhouse. It's a huge piece of steak. It's got mm-hmm. two of the best cuts of meat on it. You know, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a T bone for adults, right? And you know it. It's you can go to a steak place and you can order a New York strip or you can order a ribeye, but but if you order a porterhouse, you immediately gain the respect of the waiter and the people in the kitchen and the people at the table. And there aren't many things, I think. My wife's laughing at me after that. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, how many things? This is why I, I interpreted this. How many things could you order at the table that would gain the immediate respect? Of everybody, the the other thing I was thinking of was lobster. Like, okay. like yeah. But but the problem there's there's a problem with lobster. Like there's there's an ideal like a clearly ideal way to cook a porterhouse steak. Right. Lobster, there's like too much lawyering going on. Okay. You know, there, there's like there there's so many. You could you could have it broiled. You could have it boiled. You could have it you know grilled. You could have it lobster tempura. I mean, you could right. uh, you know, and, and then there's like how big do you get it? Because you know, contrary to popular belief. The bigger the lobster, generally the worse it tastes, as opposed right. to the, you know, going the other direction. Right. You know, but the porterhouse is like this elegant simplicity, and you know, ordering that signals to the table and the restaurant that you're not there to fuck around that week. That's true. That's true. You are. You are. You are. You mean business. It is game on. Right. Um, you don't even need any side dishes with that. You know, they're going to throw some asparagus on the plate as a gift, but who needs that? Um, no, that's a good answer. Porterhouse, great answer. Wish I had thought of that. Okay, we have a couple from uh, – this is kind of rapid fire from our friend Thomas Horky. Um, so this first one, red or white wine? See, here's the thing. I love both red wine and white wine. I think as far as – an everyday drinking experience. I will take red wine over white. I agree. I feel, I, you know, I th- white wine certainly has its place. You need it with chicken. You need it with fish. You need right. it with, with desserts. Mm-hmm. But, um, and I've done this. I'm, 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 I'm a bit of a lush. I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, but, uh, you know, you're, you're, I've opened a bottle of white just to drink. And it's like it's you know it's it's chilled and you feel a little pretentious doing that. You open a bottle of red wine with with meat with pork. You mm-hmm. just open a bottle of red wine because it's Saturday afternoon and you're right. watching some baseball. You know, I mean, you you don't feel bad at any point by doing that. Right. And and so I would I would certainly if I had to choose I would I would choose red every single time there was a choice between the two. I go red wine. Almost a hundred times out of a hundred, except when food choice dictates it. I mean, for all the reasons you said, and I, I tend to like drier wines, and I so there, it's you know that they tend to skew red. Red tends to skew drier, much drier than white. Uh, but yeah, it, it it does feel like red is much more. It, it, it's probably not email Galen with all your all the wine problems, but it, it feels much more versatile and much more. Yeah, we're having you know when you're having wine, you pour a glass of red, and it, and it feels much more. Yeah, substantial. I, it just I, feels. I, yeah, I will say that. I will say two things. One, we in in America, 
I feel like we're 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 we are with white wine right now where we were with beer in like 1965. Okay. Where we are the problem is white wine has kind of been the preserve of you know middle-aged housewives and people who want like something slightly sweet. Right. Um that that's still alcoholic. Um and I feel like that that's given the the world of white wine a bad name. There's some remarkably subtle white wines. When you, yes. if, you, if you ever go to Italy or Greece, there are some incredible white wines that that you can take advantage of, of drinking there. That are just they're so complex. It's kind of like olive oil. It's like okay. here in the U.S., we don't have a good sense of what a good olive oil tastes like because our olive oils are all pretty much crap, even the imported ones. Right. And if you go to the Mediterranean, you're just like blown away at at the complexity of the olive oil. The same thing exists with the uh with the world of 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 white wine i think yeah. and, and 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 we do i mean i live in white wine country the finger lakes are known for their white wines and that's what most of them most of the wines here are white wines so um right. okay thomas had another quick question Hold on. um B- yes before we move off the wine real quick yes uh, i want to put a, pl- a plug in for a sponsor that is not an actual sponsor they don't okay. sponsor us at all but uh if you haven't try, if you want to try some white wines uh, or, or red wines, okay. wines in general, and, and you don't know where to begin, mm-hmm. try signing up for the Wall Street Journal Wine Club. Okay. Uh, this was something that some colleagues of mine turned me on to last year. And what okay. it is, the Wall Street Journal actually will will uh, they will select twelve bottles of wine at a time. They do it like once every four months. Okay. And the first. The first uh, one that they'll send you, you get it for like 60% off or something like that. So you end up paying like 70 bucks for 12 bottles of wine, which is crazy. Right. But even like the regular price is only like about $170, including shipping, um, for, for 12 bottles of wine. And, and they do a really good job of finding like different types of wine from different places, uh, sorts of wine that you might not try yourself. They'll give you tasting and pairing uh, possibilities, stuff like that. Uh, It's pretty economical. And it's, if you're, if you're kind of a neophyte to wine, it's a great entree into a bunch of different types that you might not think to buy. Very cool. Sounds good. They should, and they should sponsor us. They really should. They They won't, but they should. Mike Nerine, Nerine, um, why hasn't poutine flourished in America? It's gravy, cheese, and fries. Um, I support Mike's position 100%. Um, we actually, it's, it's funny, you know, maybe because of where I live and our proximity to Canada, but poutine seems to be catching on around here and more and more restaurants are, are it's becoming kind of a, 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 a hipstery popular thing. Um, we have a food truck in Rochester that serves nothing but poutine. Uh, it's called Le Petit Poutine, which, even though it's grammatically incorrect, is very, very good. Um, but, yeah, I wonder um, – I don't know. I would guess the cheese curds have something to do with it. Maybe people just haven't – I don't know. Um, maybe we're – I think we're I, – I, my, my only guess on this would be that we're a much more – America writ large would seem to be much more of a melted cheese culture. So I think we're very comfortable with like the cheese fries with the cheese melted on it, but the curds are very much a you have to have them to uh, to be exposed to them to kind of know it. And I think when you he- I think hearing the phrase cheese curds is very off putting to a lot of people. So I would guess that that has a lot to do with it. Well, I don't know though because cheese curds are huge in Wisconsin. Well, okay, that's uh, that's one of fifty. That's I don't want to know what the percentage is, but that's one. Of, and poutine might be big in Wisconsin. Our Wisconsin listeners can let us know. I I mean uh, I don't think it's big in, okay. in Wisconsin. I you know it's a good question that he asks, mm-hmm. and I I think it might. I, it, honestly, it, it might have less to do with the cheese curds, although I think that the that, that does have something to do with it. I think a lot of it has to do with the. The name, I think okay. that I think because it's it's Quebecois, right? And and it's it's not from the easily translatable part of Canadian culture, right? That um, I just don't think that it's it's that people have been able to wrap their heads around it. And I think I think if Putin was going to make it big, it would have made it big like 15 years ago before. Sure. American dietary culture decided that all carbs were evil, right? Um, you know, because it's like 
I mean, wings made it out of buffalo and became like this national phenomenon. Right. And, you know, that that doesn't make a lot of sense, no. uh, particularly since they were coated in margarine. Right. Uh, you know, but, but, but yet they did. So I don't think it's even a matter of the health thing per se, because wings are not exactly healthy no. for you. No. But I do think that to some degree it's – uh, it's the it's the French Canadian origin sure. therein, and you know you really need. I feel like in this day and age, you need a corporate champion to really make it big. Now you know yeah. um, the wings phenomenon really didn't become huge until BW three started penetrating a lot of the larger marketplaces. Right, and then the wings started getting into like the pizza huts and the, and all the pizza places started national pizza places started picking it up. Yeah. So so what we really need, I feel like, is is some some chain to pick up poutine and make it like a, a thing, but, I, right. but there aren't a whole lot of chains that are really See, well well. Burger King's going to gonna do, that. do that and like coat it in Cheeto sauce or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> like I, you almost you almost need like a sit down. You know you need what you need is like an Outback to do it, but Outback yeah. couldn't do it because Outback's supposed to be like Australian based. Like they can't right. just throw poutine on the menu. <laughs> um, so who does that leave at this point? Like it has to be somebody. Like TGI Fridays might have been able to do it. Yeah, might have been. Like Applebee's, I think, is too. Applebee's just sucks. Oh well, yes. Um, there's Ch- that. Chili's can't do it because they're like you know vaguely southwest. vaguely southwest. Right. There's, there's no real good like you know the, the the problem I think ultimately Mike and Brian is that there's no romance with Canada. Like there's nothing right. romantic. Like Mexico, you know, the foods are kind of spicy, and you got like the whole outlaw culture thing going there. Like Canada's just it's it's just it doesn't really excite a lot of people no. from a from a culinary perspective. You right. know, even even like maple syrup yeah. is like we look at it more as a Vermont thing than a right. Canada thing. I wonder too. I wonder too if like again, kind of thinking about how about American food culture, like how we we, we I think we view fries as a very not just portable food, but a very much like plate of fries. You grab them, you eat them, and you, you know, poutine's a fork and a, a fork food. And I think that that you know, again, looking at America writ large, I don't think that they. I, I don't think a lot of people. I think they'd be kind of weirded out by again this thing called poutine and there's stuff on my fries and I got to use a fork to eat them. No, yeah. no, I, and and also too, I think that I, one one thing that could be a pro, an issue is we in almost every meal get fries as a side when, when you're you know, looking at burgers, you're looking at sandwiches, you know. Uh, yeah, a bur- fries are, are a side dish, and to have them as an appetizer in addition to, I wonder if that overwhelms people. You know, I, I just thought of maybe one other. I, we're spending a lot of time on poutine here. Which well, is I wouldn't. Great. Wait. Now I'm I, starving and want to find out where the let me, let me find out where the food truck is. Hold I think on. I think the other big issue with poutine is is the nomenclature of gravy. I think even more yes. so than cheese curds. I okay. Think that the the because I you know, no you know it, it's 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 not really gravy per se. I mean, it's like a sauce kind of. And I think right. if they said sauce and cheese curds, that'd be fine. Right. But when people, when the hell do people eat gravy in the U.S.? They eat it on their dinner, Thanksgiving yeah. dinner. Right. And most of the time, you can't really envision that gravy going with anything else. I mean, right. occasionally you'll have it with breakfast. You'll have like, you know, like uh, biscuits and gravy or something like right. that. Again, that's a breakfast food. And poutine's not breakfast. So, right. um, Says you. Well, <laughs> I, I, says most consumers, I would say. And right. so I think that uh, the, the poutine advocates need to subtly tweak the names behind this, and I think that they'll be fine. Or, or we shut up, don't talk about poutine, and let it be our little secret, and don't turn it into a mass commoditized thing that dilutes it, and then we have to kind of search for the good stuff. Well, you already have to search for the good stuff. Exactly. So, so, but I mean, the chance. My, my. Okay, I get your point, and I think hipsterizing poutine is is the logical next step from a cultural <laughs> perspective. Right. But right now, like, even if you get twenty places that start making poutine, and nineteen of them suck you might have one that starts making really good poutine and that would be one more place than was making it before when none of those places were making poutine. That, that's a good point. I guess more poutine is better like, poutine. So. Like think about poutine think about, for all. Think if we hadn't ever mentioned wings to anybody. Think of, you know, I mean, the, the, yeah. yeah. So Liberty, yeah. Galate, poutine. <laughs> um, that's, I know wrong country, wrong continent, 
everything but right, wrong but with right that, language. But, but right language. So yeah. uh, that, uh, is we, all, that is all from Twitter. Is there anything else on Facebook? There was one from Matt Zimmerman. Okay. Uh, wh- what kind of food goes best with NBC's plausibly live Olympic coverage? <laughs> and, we, and we did have some 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 commentary from the, the peanut gallery here. Matt Uhl said, uh, manwich or hungry man microwave dinner. Oh, um, uh, Steve Dittmore uh, contributing, I would imagine any food which you can prepare ahead of time but is still edible at room temperature. <laughs> That's pretty good. And uh, Dave Patterson says Twinkies because they are plausibly food. I'm going to go with Totino's Pizza Rolls on this one. Okay. Because, um, again, they're the kind of plausibly – I like them. I enjoy them. But they're they're that, they're that plausibly food or like a Hot Pocket or something like that. Now, now of course – we're not actually thinking about best food to eat while watching sports. It's the plausibly live, plausibly food thing we're going with here. So I'm gonna go. I'm just, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the hot pocket. I I would say um, rice cakes because okay. because they they don't go stale because they're already stale and and they're basically just uh, flavorless. Uh, food-like product formed right. into a convenient package containing nothing that anybody actually wants. And, and marketed in a sexist manner towards females. Are they even marketed anymore? They were at one know. time. They were. Well, they were at one time. So I, I will ask you this last question since you mentioned Totino's Pizza Rolls. Mm-hmm. Totino's Pizza, do you notice any difference in the flavors between any of the toppings oh, on no. Tortino? Oh, okay, no. they, it all tastes exactly the same, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, okay. that, you know that the, the ultimate you get what you pay for is the ninety-nine cent Totino's Pizza, and I, I, I say that as a fan of them, but you know that is the uh, yeah yeah the the, the uh, that's the one with the little like cubes of what they say is pepperoni, but it tastes it, the green peppers taste the same. So who knows? Yeah, it's anyway. Well, this was fun. Uh, we'll have to do one of these again. Any any final food related thoughts before we sign off? I don't think so. No, I think we've uh, we've covered all the uh, all the. Well, I'm not gonna say food goodness, but I'm definitely looking forward to my first trip to uh, Texas de Brazil. Now, I, I want that at the at the very least. I want that live tweeted. And, oh, and, no question. Yeah. So. Anyway, well, folks, we, we enjoyed your questions, and we hope to have more of them in the future. And uh, we uh, will be back next week with uh, maybe our wrap-up of Season 2, because we've got That's the right. school year starting. We might have to take a couple of weeks' hiatus for uh, everybody's relative sanity. That, but, might not uh, be a, that, might, that, that might be the grown-up thing to do here. So. <laughs> we'll see how things go. Anyway, uh, for Brian Moritz, I'm Galen Clavio. Thanks, folks, for listening. We'll catch you next week on the flip side. See ya.